0: There are certain moments and words that shaped a new era in pro wrestling.
1: Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass.
0: Bret screwed Bret.
1: Die, Rocky die. Suck it!
0: Introducing the Book of Wrestling, 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. Tune in as we relive one of the most exciting, intense, and over-the-top times in WWE. With new interviews, with the voices that made the promos, calls, and catchphrases into history. Listen now.
1: It's the Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved quick QuickBets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Can I rant for a sec? I'm used to that,
0: so go ahead. Pay apps are way too public. (laughs) What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like their full names. It's super weird.
1: Yeah, that is weird. Okay, then how are you paying people? What are you doing?
0: Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green.Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Friday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin Obama, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Cannabis. Kevin!
1: Bruno! Dude, what's going on, uh, Mr. Uh, Augusta update over here back on Twitter and social media? You might have to do
0: a lot of talking today, Kevin. Um, Your voice tired, Chris? I, I got it. The eight minutes straight of. <laughs> I s- That's well, what's we going did, on in Augusta. We, <laughs> we did a second one, too. And so, oh, you did a second. Yeah, I really took it easy yesterday afternoon and evening. Did not do a tremendous amount of talking as to try to ramp up because we're going to do a couple (laughs) more. I just got to make it through Friday.
1: I'm going to wear you down, Chris.
0: Yeah, I got to make it through Friday. I'm going to
1: press all your buttons.
0: Yeah, we have a lot still to be decided, but everything is going to be settled after this weekend. Um, We'll start with last night. We'll start with the Eastern Conference. The heat clinched the number one seed. So now we know that Mm -hmm. for certain. While it was kind of up in the air, at least until last evening, they are going to be the one seed. And so the Eastern Conference playoffs are going to go through Miami. And I feel like the Heat have not gotten a tremendous amount of chatter this year regarding what they've done. There's been a little more recently because of Tyler Hero and the numbers he has put up as a reserve. He's probably going to run away with six-man of the year, which is, frankly, the only award that will probably be a runaway this entire season. Um, But you look at what they were able to do this year, and I found it last night. Jimmy Butler missed 24 games. Bam Adebayo missed 25 games, Kyle Lowry missed 18 games, Tyler Hero missed 15, Markeith Morris missed 63, and Victor Oladipo missed 73. And they are the number one seed after all of this. Pretty unbelievable. You know, in a season where we said, typically you'd think that Many teams' success is dependent upon their availability and how healthy they were able to stay. This was this was hardly the team that was the beacon of health. And so, do you think that throughout the season they should have been talked up more? That their odds should be shorter? Because when you consider how many games all those integral people, um to what you would think would be their level of success uh, missed, you know, here they are in the end, and they're, they're locked up as one. You know what? Uh, everything you just said has
1: been the type of stuff that we and, like, all of media have been talking about all season long with Memphis. The fact they they're resilient, they can win through adversity, through missing guys, particularly with Ja with Memphis, but with Miami, they're kind of like, old news yep. at this point in terms of they're not the fresh thing anymore. So they're not getting that attention, but it doesn't that shouldn't diminish how amazing it is that they've been able to do what they do. Remember that stretch midseason, Chris, when they had o- Omer, Yurt at seven for like yes. 30 minutes per game and they're still winning every single night and like he's a good player. It just speaks to the amount of depth that they have on their roster that they can, they can take a guy who's going from 10 to 15 minutes per game, some DNPs to hey, now you're playing 30 minutes a night. And that's true across the roster. They have, I mean, we'll see if Hero ends up winning sixth man of the year. He's the strongest candidate in my book. Um, they, like You can slide him to the starting lineup if you need to. You have Duncan Robinson and Max Struess. Yep. <laughs> it's like an overflow of
0: talent on that team. And Spolstra being as unbelievable as he is just makes it all work. Well, and one of the things, as you as you mentioned Memphis earlier, one of the things they've been credited for this year is having and establishing an incredible culture, much mm. like we had San Antonio for so many years. And while people can roll their eyes at the Heat culture thing, it is absolutely real. And heat culture isn't just like this—you
1: no. know—aura in Miami, and you walk into Pat Riley's office, and you
0: suddenly become gritty. There is a standard in yes. which you are expected to play.
1: They bring in those players who check those boxes, yes. those characteristics and then they perform together and raise each other's levels. That's and uh, they, that's really
0: the secret. <laughs> that's right. They find they find guys that fit the yes. way they want to play and that will play and if much like San Antonio and much like Memphis now, if you are not going to be that type of player, then they will move on from you or you won't see the court and the story. And, and it has, it's real. And I do think when you consider, I mean, that's a lot of games missed by a lot of awesome players. I think that part of it with Miami, if I'm just making some excuse and look at the beginning of the season, I told you they were my pick to, to win the thing this year. Yeah. yeah, Um, You called
1: it. You didn't call that.
0: They are also, they in Phoenix, are the two best teams I have seen in person this year. They're the two times that I've walked out of the arena and I've been like, whoa. Like, because they're veterans. They got kind of everything at every position. Um, Both of them bring a lot to the table. And those are the teams that are going to end up number one in each of the conferences. Uh, But I think that, you know, when you don't have somebody kind of in the MVP race, you're not on national TV as much as many of your peers. Um, and in addition to that, you you know, you don't have a rookie that everybody's going to watch. You don't have an MVP candidate that everybody's watching. You don't have a lot of awards guys. You don't have a lot of highlights for that matter. You know, these aren't highlight players. And so I do think that it's, it's, it's more difficult to get into the conversation when all of those things apply to you, but they are absolutely Awesome, And when they have all of their guys, um, I think beating them, not that they have the strongest home court advantage, uh, but I do think beating them and having to beat them in Miami to get it done is going to be a major task, even for whoever, Milwaukee, Philly, Boston, whoever we want to name.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it, Chris. I I think you nailed it there. They are going to be a major challenge for anybody, and, and, and either whether it's the finals or it's just the East playoffs, because this team has so much depth because they have, arguably, the Defensive Player of the Year and Bam Adebayo. He's one of the top candidates. The only argument really against him is the fact he's played under 60 games. Um, but like this team is equipped for yep. great success come postseason time, and that's because, like the best teams in basketball, like Phoenix, like Memphis, they can put out, Spolstra can utilize different lineups and get different styles out of it, and whether it's on offense, heavy switching, or whether it's on, on, on the offensive end with their ability to, just to play through dribble handoffs, high pick and roll, isolations. They can do anything with the amount of personnel they have, and Spolstra is, is one of the
0: best coaches in all of basketball. We've talked a lot about avoiding matchups. Um, if I'm one of those lower seeds, they're who I want to avoid. I mean, because they they would know. Do you you want to avoid them for who? Milwaukee? No, 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 no. I'm saying if you are Oh, I think that Brooklyn might win a couple games against Milwaukee, I think they'll get smoked by Miami. I think my, Atlanta really? Atlanta might win a game or two. How against come? Against what? Milwaukee, it's just How the way come? they play. It's the way it's the way they play. The toughness, yeah, and the defense. You know what I mean? What about,
1: the, what about the the? We
0: just saw we just saw a game where Giannis hit the three to go to overtime. I mean, I just saw those teams play. So the idea that I think they could be competitive against them is not that far fetched to me. I think that Atlanta or Brooklyn, if I'm one of those teams. I'm desperately trying to stay away from Miami. I don't think they're going to beat Milwaukee either. If Milwaukee ends up two, but I'm saying those would be the teams that I. Sur- uh, they, Miami would be the team that I wouldn't want to see. If I'm do those you, teams,
1: do you anticipate that we're going to try to? We're going to see Milwaukee. They play Friday and they play Sunday. Boston only has one game left, and if Milwaukee loses on Friday, then they control their destiny with the two or the three seed. Boston won it. Do you do you think Milwaukee should try to lose out of the two seed to avoid
0: Brooklyn? I don't think you can control it. <laughs> they can't
1: control it. They, if they
0: lose Friday... No, they can't, Kevin, because they can't control whether Brooklyn wins.
1: Yeah, but they can control whether... I'm asking specifically about the two or three seed. I'm not asking about what Brooklyn does. Should Milwaukee try to avoid the two seed to land in the three
0: seed? so that there's no way possible then there's no way possible and then you end up with the bulls in the first round i mean then what what if you screw around and then philly jumps you too now you're playing miami in the second round i just don't think it's i i, I don't think it's that easy to tank these games but like, but like specifically
1: i'm only asking about the 2 and the 3 like is it, let's say the 2 or 3 and 4 should they should they be willing to lose friday night to avoid the 2 to get the three or four
0: that I don't think they should be scared of Brooklyn at all.
1: Okay, so they should just try yeah. to play it out.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's a... I mean, I, 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 why would I run away from Brooklyn if I'm Milwaukee?
1: Because they have Kevin Durant and so Kyrie what? Irving. So what? Some of the best players in the world.
0: Uh, they also the don't best. stop anybody. Mm-hmm. He is one of the best players in the world. Steph Curry was one of the best players in the world last year. He wasn't in the playoffs. I mean, it happens. You know, you have to have a whole team. And so I would, I, I, I would be worried that I would screw things up in terms of trying to, try, try, try to figure out these matchups. What, and now you want to drop the three, now what? Now you might have to play a East Finals on the road? I mean, these teams have championship dreams now. Why are you going to screw up your home court advantage in the case that somebody was able to knock off Miami? You, if you're the two seed, you'd, get, you'd have home court advantage the rest of the way if somebody could bot Miami off. You know, they catch a Jimmy Butler injury or a BAM injury. Like you you'd never know the way this stuff's gonna play out. I wouldn't I wouldn't play the game of trying to lose just so I avoid a first round matchup that I may not get anyway, Kevin. What how about this? Let's say Charlotte jumps up. Let's say Atlanta jumps up. All right? Now you, you take it into consideration, you think those that you think Brooklyn's gonna be seven. That's the only reason you would dodge two. There's other teams that have a chance at that. In fact, there's three other teams that have a chance at that. What if it's, Atlanta or Charlotte? Okay. What if it shook out and it's Atlanta? What if it shook out and it's Cleveland? If it's Cleveland, did you want to get away from seven? Now you've screwed things up. Cleveland could still be seven. Like, we're just assuming that Brooklyn is the one. It's going to win. Like, like
1: I said, Chris, it might not be seven. They might not be seven. It was just a theoretical question. That's all. Would you, what would you rather do? That's all I was asking.
0: Well, that's all I'm saying, yeah, right? They, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Like, What if they're not seven?
1: I mean, that's then they're not seven. Then they're eight. And that means Miami gets them. <laughs> right. <then> it, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that, all I'm asking is what would you rather do? Would you rather avoid the two and land in three or four? That That's all.
0: But you got to tell me who two's playing. It, you don't know that. Right. That's why I wouldn't that. screw with it. I wouldn't screw with it just because it, it'd be my luck that it's Cleveland we'll that I'm facing. I look forward to seeing what they get, what they end up doing.
1: This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell
0: it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Toronto is now two up on the bulls and the bulls do have that tiebreaker, but we have no idea what the bulls are going to do. Toronto probably splits, probably they might win both of them. Um, but that one is up in the air a little bit, simply because the Bulls have the tiebreaker in that. The Nets and the Cavs is huge tonight. Mobley's back. The Nets have the tiebreaker. They also have the tiebreaker against Atlanta. And then you have the Hornets, who are kind of lurking in all of this, unbelievably. They are one back. And they won again last night. Uh, they're one back from the Nets and Atlanta. And they have the tiebreaker in both of those. So we could look up in the Hornets, end up with, I mean, they can end up pretty high actually. If they are able to win, if they're able to win and like say the Nets lose tonight, um, or Atlanta loses, next thing we know, that that would be the most shocking one. If we end up with Toronto or with Charlotte playing in that, like the big game that ends up getting somebody seven or eight. That's something that we didn't expect. But they've been, they've been really good. And I do feel like, weirdly, some of these teams at the bottom, I don't know how you feel, look more dangerous than some of these teams at the top, right? It's like some of these, and maybe that's because they're fighting for their lives, and I shouldn't be persuaded by this, but like Atlanta and Charlotte and Brooklyn and some of these teams, they're at the bottom, more so than, say, like, Philly, you know? Obviously, yeah. Bo- Boston's been better without Time Lord than I thought they were going to be, honestly.
1: Wouldn't you agree? No, they're a good team. They just need him for the playoffs, second round. But Udoka did say this week, yeah. like, sooner than late for Time Lord. And uh, I've heard a lot of positive news about him. It sounds like the type of thing where, the only concern will be when he does return eventually if they make the second round how does this, how does he handle the swelling once he starts playing again once once he starts playing and there's swelling how does that affect his performance is the main concern for boston and and for some of these lower teams like charlotte atlanta cleveland it's like you said like they're all fighting but also it's not like they're you know a 33 win team they are teams that have all won 40 games, all above 500, and all really competitive. And, and, and like it's crazy when you think about really how tight the East still is, though. The top bunch, all between, we're talking about straddling, you know, between three games and the top four seeds, and then it's really all between two games with the 7 to 11. And they're not far off from those top teams. They're like, what, six games back? It's not a dramatic difference. So, I mean, look, I think every first-round series has a chance to be competitive wherever Brooklyn lands assuming they win and get in that this is the seven or the eight and then whether it's Cleveland Atlanta or Charlotte all three of those teams are going to have an opportunity to maybe take a game or two you know Mm -hmm. like you can't rule out Trey Young going nuclear in a series no No. and I'd be excited to see what happens with the mellow ball in the playoffs if he were to get in Um, and never mind this Cleveland squad with getting everybody back here so I mean, I, I'm excited for those young team, teams, but ultimately, though, like, talent level-wise, <laughs> when Milwaukee, Miami, Boston, those teams turn it up, uh, I, I don't see them catching them. How about Philly, though? Do you think they could be Philly? You see, you think Philly's that vulnerable? Look. Because I don't think they're... I think they're still going
0: to win one of those types of series if they were to move up. I think uh, certainly you would... Philly's going to be the favorite in that situation, but... Man, I don't know, Kev. Like the, I saw this morning, which I was stunned by. Our buddies at uh, StepMuse put this up. The first four games that James Harden played at the Sixers, it was 27 points per game, 59% field goal, 50% from three. Since then, 20 points a game, 36% from the field, 30% from three, and has as many turnovers as field goals in the last five games like so when you say like <laughs> oh. do i believe in Philly like guy that those those numbers are miserable 30% from 3 36 from the field like you got to be radically different than that <laughs> you know
1: his last 5 games 4 of 15 4 of 10 4 of 13 4 of 10 3 of 12 ugh oh. i don't know chris I don't know what's going on. I, I think he's hurt. I think that hamstring is a problem and he's just playing through it. Uh, I can't, I just can't see that he would have declined like this without an injury. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how do you go from what you were those past, those first three or four games out of the all star break? He looked crazy good, dude. He looks so quick, so much burst. He's exploding off the bounce. And now look at him. He just ugh. like, I, I think
0: he's hurt. I got to go back and look at it. I feel like the line of demarcation is running steps. You remember that cockamamie video of him running the steps in the arena? Yeah, I think I that might have been the end. Or maybe it's, I got to go back and look. Or maybe it was the Brooklyn game. Maybe Let me they find, just let me find the date it. of that. Maybe they just ripped his heart completely out of his
1: chest. That was March 7th, after the Bulls win, is when that happened. So that was probably his first iffy game. <laughs> His first three games 7 of 12, 8 of 14, 8 of 13, 6 of 10 and then that night 5 of 15 against the Bulls, but he did have 14 assists, only 3 turnovers. But the next game, so he's 5 game, of 15 and, and then was, he ran the steps. The next game against Brooklyn, then he ran the steps, but he had a great night with assists, 14 assists. I forget what happened in the game, that was too long ago. 3 turnovers. Next game against Brooklyn, 3 of 17 from the field. <laughs>
0: That really could have been it. It might have been the steps
1: <laughs> after the Bulls game. The
0: steps! <laughs> it worked. I I was just, thank you for the research. I was yeah. just opining. Hey, maybe it was after he you know, did the Rocky bit after the game, and he ran those steps. He might have yanked his hamstring trying to run. It's the first time he had been active in a year.
1: Can you imagine if that was it? Like that night, he gets home and he lays in bed, and he's like, <laughs> something happened. <laughs> It's like, it's like I knew I shouldn't
0: have tried to run those steps. <laughs> this is what I get for making an Instagram yeah. video or whatever it was. He just ran up, you once. know. After yeah. the, he just ran one time <laughs> for, for for the gram, Right. That's when it got a little tender. Yeah, you know, after that.
1: Can you imagine if that was actually real, though? Like, if we get a a Ramona Shelburne story mm -hmm. the day after the Sixers get eliminated, and it it says it opens up with a scene running the steps (laughs) after the Bulls win.
0: (laughs) We we dropped the uh, we got the we got the Lakers one today. You know, they
1: get the Lakers one.
0: Yeah, Russell Westbrook told them he was gonna he was gonna do everything he could to make it work. And so, like, are they really just going to bury Russell Westbrook on all this stuff? I guess they are. I guess the, I guess it's going to be Russ's fault. And by the way, you were just talking about Charlotte. What the hell is that all about?
1: Oh yeah, the Mark Stein report about potentially know, being a, a destination for Russ. It's the dumbest
0: idea of the history of ideas. I guess it, it, it's got because because he's got a Jordan deal. Yeah,
1: why would you do that to Lamelo Ball? Why
0: would you it's do ridiculous. that to Lamelo Ball? If
1: I'm a Lamelo Ball, I'm demanding a trade the day Russell Westbrook is acquired. So get me out of here. It's bizarre. This organization has no idea what they're doing. If you're going to add Russell Westbrook with me, get
0: me out of here. It's just really bizarre to see that coming so you out. You bring
1: them in and then my backup, but we're not going to share the court together.
0: I mean, are we are we in backup land? Is it going to be no, I I don't see that. Russ Russ isn't the type of guy who's going to accept backing up.
1: Just, just how long ago was it? His wife tweeted out that he would have brought the magic to the playoffs. That's the level of self belief Russ
0: has. He believes was, he could go to Orlando. It was and just kind of
1: it, it. was, was kind of
0: cr- it was kind of crazy to see, like an actual like trade destination that <laughs> was already mentioned. Like that would actually be a trade, but then of course it's mentioned that you could just wave him, you know. And that that would be the deal. But just the idea that there's a team out there that might be a possibility was kind of... I think that's what everybody... And especially that has LaMelo Ball. I think everybody was like, wait, what? What is going on here? Oh, well.
1: It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. Of course it doesn't. Zero. Zip. None. No. Like, no. I just I just don't understand it one bit. The Ramona article, that made a lot of sense. I love the opening scene she had with the IPIC Theater, which is near the UCLA campus. I haven't been there yet in L.A. I've heard it's a great, outstanding theater experience. I've not been there yet, um, but <laughs> I can see why Rush chose it. he has great taste in theaters or his team, whoever helped organize it, great taste, so I hear. Um, but yeah, that article was very interesting from Ramona. the one, one question I had for you from that, Chris, uh, she wrote a line in here. She said, one option, Westbrook could consider a buyout. Uh, there's pessimism that he'd do that. And she wrote, Westbrook is a prideful man. His swagger is both his sword and his shield, and he will not lay them down lightly. He is wary of the stigma that comes with accepting a buyout. One source close to him explained, "What does what stigma is that from a buyout? Is that from like? Does that mean you're washed? Yeah, I think so. Is that is that I don't look. Is that really a stigma? Or I think I think it's that guys get bought out." often because they're washed but people don't think just because you're bought out it means you're washed
0: I think, I think the, it's, you know yeah. what I mean? I think
1: it's the other way around
0: maybe, the, maybe maybe not washed but it if it doesn't mean you're washed it means they just want to get rid of you which as we know or you want to get
1: out like I think it's I think being bought out means so many different things you want to get out or they want you out like you know it could mean you're washed but it doesn't always mean you're washed I, I just don't see a stigma
0: attached to it the stigma is they can't trade you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the stigma, yeah. That's the but stigma. They can't trade you, which Nobody, is like okay. Yeah. like,
1: okay, cool. You get paid too much money.
0: Good for you, Russell. Right. Yeah, good for that's you. The, I mean, that, that's, the, that's the stigma. <laughs> the stigma is, hey, the only reason we're buying you out is because we would love to move you elsewhere, and we can't because of your salary. Therefore, our only option is to... Try to negotiate a buyout.
1: And by the way, like when I say Russ making too much money, like salary-wise, he makes too much money this year. But in many ways, he's making up for what could have been gained during his heyday in OKC. Like the value he brought to that Oklahoma City Thunder franchise is like being made up
0: <laughs> now with his diminished performance on the court, with his uh, over overinflated salary. And uh, that's that's fair. And look, I have yeah. been a Russ defender in the past. I've not been mm-hmm. throughout this year. I we were also, in game as zones together. Because I of also Russ. <laughs> I also think it is tremendous bullshit to blame him for the Lakers season. I really do. That's not right.
1: It's I not. Mean, he's fault. one. He,
0: he. It's not one person. Look at fault. their roster. It's not and one science. person's
1: fault. It's not just Russ's fault. It's not right. just LeBron's fault. It's it's the
0: the the blame is shared in this collective. Right. And I mean, seemingly they were the only ones that had not watched Russell Westbrook over the course of his career. None of us thought that that was going to be an easy fit. None of us. Nobody. Nobody. When that happened, nobody said, that's going to work famously. (laughs) Nobody said that. Not one person that watches basketball thought, oh, yeah, that's a perfect fit. Like we're sitting around talking about, like, hey, that's actually pretty smart if they move off of Kuzma and they get buddy Buddy healed. Like you could see, all you need is to spread some shooters around or whatever. Like we talked about, the way it works basketball-wise and the fit. What about Russell Westbrook's game playing alongside those guys ever made sense to anybody? Enough about them; they suck. They're out of it, and it's this Laker season has probably gotten entirely too much talk. Anyway, they, I mean, what a disgrace! Seriously, and that's two out of four years that they have not made the playoffs since they got LeBron, which if you could have gotten odds on that, holy mackerel, just no chance. No chance. Just so much drama and I don't know. And I will say this because I don't think people have been careful to not blame LeBron for anything. I mean, I guess they blame him for you know helping put together the roster or whatever. But make no mistake about it, Kev. Earlier in the podcast, we started this podcast talking about Miami. And we talk about Memphis, we talk about the Spurs, we talk about whatever else. And you can have a front office, and you can have a coach, and you can have whoever who tries to establish a culture somewhere. Culture is players. And nobody is more important to the culture of that franchise than LeBron James. And he was constantly distancing himself. Anybody that watched any of those games, you know? The rolling of the eyes or whatever else you don't see him like building up the other guys. You don't see him like he's the guy. End of story. And their culture there's pathetic, absolutely pathetic. Lately, but early in the
1: season, you have LeBron James setting the tone, playing right. center, defending the rim, hustling, directing guys around. Like mi- early season, mid season, LeBron. That's right. Was excellent and. I, I bet you with him, with LeBron, you're right about everything we've seen the last month or so, but I bet you with him, he probably lost belief in this team and what they could be. For him, it probably wasn't worth it. Like, like, like what am I even doing?
0: I would tell you, I had somebody with the Lakers when I saw them early in the season and they were not living up to expectations. They were at 500, me, right? At the time. Yeah, told me, these guys are going to expend the least amount of energy and still win enough games. Ha. <laughs> All the way down the line. You watch it. We watch it every night. Every night. LeBron to Westbrook to Davis to on down the line. They are going to. Exp- and that is. How are you going to get everybody on board? You have a bunch of guys that were playing like that. And then obviously you you built a roster. You got a defensive coach and you you brought in a miserable defensive roster. And their defense went to hell. Completely to hell. The Nuggets, they clinched uh not being in the play-in last night. And they locked the Wolves into seven. So the T-Wolves are gonna be seven, who just had uh Anthony Edwards go for 49 last night. Yeah. Didn't get 50, though. I mean, didn't get 50. He didn't, but I saw this stat this morning. Not, not on the same level of Sadiq Beck. <laughs> How about this one? Most points. Before 21 years old. Here's the list LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, Anthony Edwards. Ooh. That's pretty unbelievable. It's pretty unbelievable that he's not 21 years old, <laughs> number one, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's pretty unbelievable. But beyond that, I mean, the only names ahead of you are LeBron, Durant, and Carmelo are three of the greatest scorers to ever walk God's green earth. And Anthony Edwards, you know, I I told you early in the season, I thought that Minnesota team could be a problem for somebody. They just, they're, they're so up and down. You, nev- you know, erratic, you know, their offense was awesome and then their defense was, uh, you know, their defense was awesome and then their offense was bad. And then their uh, offense was amazing and their Defense was bad. I mean, they've they've just teetered back and forth throughout the year. Offense, defense, and even in like one game samples, you can watch them for one game and go, "Oh my god!" Like they got Russell, they got Towns, they got Edwards. Malik Beasley comes off the bench and every once in a while knocks down a bunch of threes. They got Pat Bev who's tough. They got Vanderbilt who's tough, and they are they're 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 formidable. Now they don't have playoff experience. But I do think they're dangerous. Um, and, you know, if they were able to maintain seven, who knows what happens with that Clippers thing. It's going to be a one-game playoff. But that would be a hell of a series versus Memphis. They were a problem for Memphis this year. It's a matchup problem. Who was they, the biggest problem on the Minnesota roster? Like, is it Towns, Edwards? Oh, Russell goes nuts up. I mean, freaky. Russell was crazy. Crazy. And Vanderbilt does well against Jaron Jackson. And, you know, Pat Bev tries to injure Morant. And so <laughs> you got like a bunch going on. It's It, it got very, very testy too. If that's a first-round series, it would be wildly entertaining. Who, who would you rather face, Minnesota or the Clippers first round? If you told me there's no Kawhi Leonard. I would absolutely rather face <laughs> ah, the clip. We'll see. Norm Powell's back. Paul
1: George is back. One guy's missing. Just
0: one guy. And I didn't like the Ty Lue comments.
1: What did Ty, like
0: say? Ty Lue say? Ty talked, you know, he talked to Mark Spears or whatever. Yeah, I read that yesterday and I was like, you got to. I didn't see it. I saw him say Monty Williams should be coach of the year. Ty Lue recently told Anscapes, Mark Spears, that he hopes George Powell and Leonard will all be good to go for the Western Conference playoffs, mm. because he knows that the Clippers what the Clippers can do with all that firepower.
1: Gross. Interesting.
0: I did not. I did not see those so, comments. That was that was yesterday. To go back to your question, Clippers without Kawhi, yes. Um, Minnesota, if they have Kawhi. Look, man, we've been on this since January. With Kawhi, the
1: potential of him being coming back in April, we're here,
0: Minnesota. Within within a week, we'll find out. Minnesota, Minnesota. uh, I can't imagine he'd be available to play in the play-in game. And so, if you're Minnesota (laughs) and you win that, hey, how about this one, Kev? You're friggin' Phoenix, and you draw them. Assuming that they were able to hold down the fort and keep their eight seed, we could be looking like, realistically, at Clippers versus Suns. In fact, that would be the matchup before the play-in. But if it maintained that, there was Clippers versus Suns, and you want to talk about, I mean, that's like a West Finals if they've got Kawhi back. <laughs> That'd be outrageous. Outrageous. And, obviously, if they were to win the play-in game versus Minnesota. Then it's Clippers versus Memphis. And you're Memphis and you just had, like, one of your franchise's best seasons ever. And you get the two seed. And your reward is having to play against friggin' Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Like, come on yeah it's too bad so it, it, bogus
1: that, 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 yeah That's it is bogus. definitely bogus. That is, bogus that is bogus it'd be great if there was another way this time ah! I'm that
0: up, but <laughs> it, <laughs> who, who knew i mean look it'd be their luck that they yeah. uh well maybe i guess you would have to choose after it all gets hashed well, out well what they should have lost a long time ago if they knew Kawhi Leonard was gonna
1: get it. <laughs> he was gonna be back. Well I <laughs> wanna... I have a, I have a question for you, Chris. So, so yesterday someone brought this thought up to me. Uh, Adam Silver this week was talking about all these stars missing games and having to find incentives to get them to return earlier so they're actually playing regular season games. Yeah. I wonder like who do you think is on his mind as he's saying that? Do you think he's thinking about Kawhi? What does Adam Silver know? that we don't know. Adam Silver obviously is privy to information that none of us are about players, teams, situations, what's what's going to happen, things that are said, things that have happened. Do you think that there's anything with Adam Silver where he's like, this effing guy, load managed for years and now he might come back day one of the postseason. Do you think there's anything on Adam Silver's mind about even the potential of a Kawhi return after not playing a single regular season game that is really inspiring something that he was talking about a lot. It's a major talking point for the NBA You remember, week. I brought this up, like, whatever it was, a month, month Adam, and a half uh, ago? Adam must be a listener of the potty, Heard it from Verno.
0: Well, you did I, bring it up. You brought I it goofed, up. I goofed. I said, it. what if this dude yes. you, just <laughs> becomes the goat yes. of load management exactly. by just saying, I'm not playing the regular season, and he's been fine for a long time? I'll tell you this. It might be other. I mean, did you see the... Did you see the Murray clips from last night?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: He looked okay to you on the baseline, cut yeah. in the basket, dunk. I was like, yeah. what the hell is going yeah. on? Yeah. He warmed up. For those that don't know, Jamal Murray, you can find this video. It's out there. He was on the court before the Memphis game last night. And, like, it he looked like wait. Jamal Murray. <laughs> he looked better than Jamal. did the last yeah. time you remember Jamal Murray dunking? <laughs>
1: Yeah, he uh yeah, I just found the video right now. He he's standing baseline, like you said, corner three spot attacking hard a close cut. out hard left, dribble, going back right, dunking.
0: Yeah. Like hard cut and then explosion. Which are two things that you would like <laughs> Did that guy for look fourth, like he was
1: for what it's if, worth, if he had nineteen dunks in forty eight games last year. And
0: he had one in warm up last yeah. <laughs> At least. Yeah, so he's, he's not a frequent dunker. No. Not a, not a, not a frequent. He, he's not known for his level of explosion. He looked pretty yeah. damn explosive on I, that I mean, warm up. Just by, just by comparison, Ja has
1: 58 and 56 games this year for like a super explosive guard. Yeah. That Murray had in the
0: 19 last year, that I said. So they may get him back. We'll see. I mean, it certainly appeared so. And right now, that becomes very, very interesting because if you're the Warriors and the Mavs, of course, you would want three so that you're staying away Phoenix in the second round. Okay. But three might mean you play Jokic and Murray in round one instead of Utah.
1: Mm.
0: I mean... Yeah, dude. It, it's,
1: uh, <laughs> that's, t- that's a it, tough one. It's because- tough, dude. It's really hard. I, I I don't know. Like, the West... Remember Remember, all season long, people are saying that East has, you know, taken over the West is the best conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if Kawhi Leonard and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. return, <laughs> that changes the way those six to eight seeds start looking. I'll tell Even you that. Even if it's just Murray. Even if yeah. it's just Murray. Well, I mean, last week, Monte Morris said... Uh, that he's ready to return, Michael Porter Jr. Adam Adam Mares told me last month in the void he, that he's more likely to return. Every report this past month has been Michael Porter Jr. is closer to return. He hasn't returned yet. Maybe both of them are going to return uh, last day of the season or for for the playoffs. It's
0: possible. I, I, well, do you, do you think? Do you think? I I'll I tell you. A little birdie told me because you remember er, for those are the long time. Oh yeah.
1: You heard February for Murray, right? I did. Yes, way back.
0: You heard like December or something like that. And I went and asked the same people. And what they told me was that there was, how do I say this? A level of disenchantment on, Jamal Murray wants to be played. That's awesome. He wants to be played. He's a young player. They're being mega careful. And I think that may be, what we're seeing here, you you seen you've seen teams be extremely careful with players. Now Kawhi would be the yeah, get the most egregious exception to this, but it's not off the table that we look up and Zion Williamson's playing, Jamal Murray's playing, no. Kawhi Leonard's playing, My and Lord. those guys did not appear in the season. You would have three players. So when you said Adam Silver's bringing it up. It's really on the table, and that is through, uh, what's the term they use? An abundance of caution, right? So they Mm -hmm. say, hey, this is what's most important, is that we have you healthy, feeling great, not at risk of being re-injured. The question is if, you know, when could any of those guys feasibly been on the court? Without the, quote, abundance of caution. And have they sat out much longer than maybe they needed to? Which, again, is not unreasonable. The last thing on earth you want is for somebody to come back from a major injury and re-injure themselves. But it's possible. I mean, when we looked at all of those timelines, all of those timelines would be up. If it's the traditional, you know, injury slash recovery. All of them. Kawhi's would be up, Jamal's would be up, Zion's would be up, all of them. We'll see. We'll see what happens here
1: because Adam Silver talked about it a lot. He, he admitted that he doesn't necessarily have a great solution yet, but he's thinking about incentives, thinking about the length of the season, how that can be tweaked to you know for players that have better health, better durability, better rest and recovery, and that maybe you're able to return from injuries sooner. Maybe it lessens the risk of injury. He mentioned incentives with the tournaments. You know, like different things they could try there. So I don't know, man, I, I, I hope the NBA this decade um, gets creative with these solutions with the length of, with the length of the season, we might be expanding at some point to 32 teams this decade. Like there's ways to revise the schedule with the in-season tournament, the length of the season that could really improve everything with the NBA and assuring that these guys are playing these lasting games. Like, how can, you make it, how can you make it important for the Clippers to bring Kawhi back? Or how can you make it important for the Nuggets to already have Murray back? I don't know. I don't know right now off the top of my head. But I look
0: forward to seeing what they cook up. One more thing on Denver. The narrative changes every single week regarding MVP, and it does feel like it is flipped hardcore back to Jokic. A little bit of a struggle for the 76ers. Uh, Giannis had a couple big games on national television that weren't amazing, like didn't blow us away. And now you're doing all of this, you know, the stats that are being reported out there about Jokic, which are just absolutely freaky. And they're not, with a with a nod to our buddy Nick Wright, not advanced stats, Nikola Jokic is the first player since Wilt Chamberlain to have five straight games with 35 points and 12 rebounds. In uh, in games, he is the first player in NBA history with 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 500 assists. And not only did he have the 2,000, 1,500, he's the first to average... Um, 25, 13, and 6 in a season and he's averaging 27, 14, and 8 so no one's averaged 25, 13, and 6 he's averaging 27, 14, and 8 and he is the first player in the top 10 in points per game rebounds per game assists per game and field goal percentage in the last 50 years I mean if you were a voter would Jokic get your vote? for first? I mean, that's pretty persuasive. (laughs) And I just watched him last night with the damn headband on. Oh yeah, that was cool. He got cut in the first quarter and I said, oh, that's the worst thing that could ever happen. (laughs) Now he's going to see his own blood. And he went back out there. So, for those that weren't watching the game, he went back out there after they like cleaned it up. He started bleeding everywhere again. And that's why he went back and he put on the headband. And he was awesome. It's absolutely awesome. The
1: guy is headband, awesome. headband Jokic. Yeah, he's something else.
0: I don't know, man. I think every time I watch him, I'm like, how the hell? Like, the, I I don't, I don't have the proper respect for the other uh, participants on the court that he plays with. Let's just say, I feel like I'm like, yo, if he would have gone out of that game with a cut, let's just say he has to leave the game, I think people would have gotten to see what the Nuggets look like without him. And it is, whatever they say about, like, replacement level, like, if you put a replacement level dude in his spot, (laughs) that team would be
1: awful. They were at plus 37 in his 35 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) He's freaky. Yeah, he is. I would have absolutely no problem.
0: Like, Look, I've told you this uh, from the start. Odds
1: are are Jokic
0: gets my vote. I wouldn't fight anybody over the voting anyway. I really wouldn't.
1: It's so close. It
0: really is. It's close. Yeah, but that's, if you want to do the history thing, that's history. To be the top 10 in all those categories, no one has done it in 50 years? That's something else. Something else. That's a lot of basketball seasons and a lot of amazing players. So, somebody tells me that Nikola Jokic is the most valuable player in the league. Come on, man. I'm not fighting them. That's fine. I don't, I don't think no. you could have a stupid vote. I really don't. I, I think I, anybody Well, uh, yeah,
1: I mean there are oh, some Oh, okay.
0: Derek Rose. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean no. I, I mean look, it is is let's say somebody puts Luca first. Is that a stupid yes. vote? Yes. Yes. Okay, all right. So I mean like so okay. No, I check, meant the so three of oh, the, the three. three yes. <laughs> okay, Sorry. <I'm> the three. <laughs> Let me correct myself. But, you can't be, you know, Luke, I think Luca's a lock you
0: know, he should be a lock for number four. No issue with that either. Dude's absurd, man. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's only hurt. He would be he would be it would be a four man race if he had dicked around the first two months. Yeah, exactly. If
1: if he didn't miss time with the ankle injury, with COVID, with getting in shape after his slow start, uh he might actually just be the MVP and possibly be the clear MVP. That like that's how great he has been since mid-January. He's averaging 31 points per game, 10 rebounds, 9 assists on amazing efficiency, and not turning the ball over and playing good defense. I mean, he'd be the MVP if those are his season stats. God forbid he ever come into a season in great shape. Next year. Next year could be Lucas's MVP year. That sure. Would be my predict- that's my early prediction. Before I even finalize my MVP vote this year. <laughs> I'm predicting next year's Lucas MVP season. I'm going to remind this you of this when he walks many. into
0: training camp 285. <laughs> 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 You're going to be like, yeah. oh, shit. Uh, God. <laughs> I say, hey, that's uh, the January through March uh, MVP. Yeah. I promise yeah. you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every year, he's gonna win the January through April MVP. <laughs> okay, what, what
1: if? What if this is it though? Like, what if that was the turning point, and now, and now from now on, he's gonna be like a, you know, thirty plus point per game guy. And, and by the way, like his season averages still are outstanding. It's like twenty eight points per game. It was like one more rebound, one more assist, three more points. It wasn't off from what he did for the
0: whole season, but uh, yeah, that dude's taking the leap. So, Warriors are up one, two to play. Dallas has the tiebreaker against them. Utah's up one with two to play. And they've got the tiebreak over Denver if they end up tied. And then you've got the Pelicans that are two up on the Spurs with two to play. Spurs do have a tiebreaker in that, but the Pelicans would have to lose twice. And got a lot of those teams playing each other, including the Warriors and the Spurs and the uh, Pelicans. Um, Great scheduling. Yeah, That's no, we got, a, we, we got we got really some. Weird yeah. scenarios, you, and as I told you, Warriors desperately trying to cling to three so that they, yeah, you may have to draw Denver now with Murray, but you stay away from Phoenix until the West Finals, in their mind. You know what I mean? Assuming totally. they could get past Memphis. You know, they, 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 they would not want to see Phoenix. I don't think any of these teams, they don't want to see Phoenix in the second round. You know, they all got high hopes, and so even if it means having to run into Jokic and Murray in the first round, I do think that both Dallas and Golden State will desperately want three, knowing that Memphis would be ahead of them if they can get past that first round um, instead of Phoenix. And man, if it played out where Phoenix does draw that Clippers team, that would just be insane. That would be insane. I actually kind of like that. You, you If you ended up with Phoenix Clippers Memphis Wolves, which would be wildly entertaining. You would have the Warriors versus Jokic. Oh, man. And then they would put, you know, uh, Dallas and Utah on, you know, whatever, like the Discovery Channel. Oh, Discovery. Wow. Wouldn't even be on NBA TV. Oh, come on. They'd play that thing at 9 a.m. Who cares? Well, they should. They should play that game
1: early because of the overseas audience for Luca for Gobert, among others. (laughs) That's a boring series, but the other three would be amazing, for sure. Yeah, man, Like, there's a chance, depending on how this shakes out, every single first-round series is going to be entertaining. Because Utah-Dallas, it might be the least fun one,
0: but it's still a fun series. And especially with the whole Tim McMahon mutual interest between Rudy Gobert and Dallas. Yeah. He could pull. What if he? What if he pulls a Durant, and then he goes and shakes hands at the end, and then the next season he's playing with the team that knocked him out. I love how Tim McMahon is just guns blazing. Like he he's
1: unafraid to report (laughs) what he knows. And he he even said he's like, what did he say? It's absurd to think Mitchell's going to spend his entire career with the Jazz. (laughs) He just comes out and says it. (laughs) Yeah, it is absurd. He's (laughs) on one. Uh, Maybe absurd isn't the right word, but it's unrealistic to expect. I don't even remember the word to use, but it is definitely
0: unrealistic. I think that's totally fair. It's going to be, everything's going to shake out this weekend. By the time we speak again, we're going to be talking about all of those play-in matchups early in the week. Uh, Thank you to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez, as always. Everybody have a great weekend. Kev, I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Have a good one, everybody. Especially you, Pistons
1: fans. We didn't forget. We love you.